Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. We have a great episode for you today. We're diving deep into strategies to help to reverse aging and age better and health span and lifespan and all those amazing things that we talk about here. But before I launch into that, I want to thank you guys for being here. I would like to encourage you, if you get value from this episode, not only to share it with your friends and family and networks, but also to leave us a review, because that is ultimately how we are able to get amazing guests for you guys. And also, another reminder that all of the links provided from our advertisers and sponsors are affiliate links. And it is through those affiliate links, really, that I am able to pay the bills. So if you're feeling inspired by something that we talk about here and decide to buy it, we would be I would be grateful if you were willing to use the links that we provide. And because number one, almost always it will save you money. And number two is it's um, provides revenue to float the podcast. So and pay for the team in any event. Let's move on into our first message, which is about kind of like hacking meditation. Look, if you're anything like me, you may find it challenging to commit to a regular meditation practice. We know that meditation offers incredible benefits like stress reduction, improved deep sleep, a balanced nervous system, but turning ourselves into a pretzel and sitting, clearing our minds for an hour just isn't accessible to a lot of us, nor do... Many of us have the 20 years it takes to get really good at meditation to actually get those benefits. So if you're ready to start reaping those benefits, you got to check out Sensate. Sensate is an innovative infrasound resonance device that when used in conjunction with the sessions provided in the Sensate Companion app can help to reduce your stress and improve your overall well-being. What happens is the device emits infrasonic sound waves that, so it sits on your chest and these sound waves synchronize with the app soundscapes, delivering deep relaxation within anywhere from 10 to 30 minute sessions. Sensate not only helps release immediate stress and anxiety, but it also helps to build long-term stress resilience because it actually acts on your vagus nerve. So it helps to improve heart rate variability and enhances the quality of your sleep. For me personally, I love using my Sensate as I'm falling asleep. Many of you who listen to this podcast know that my favorite track is the Temple soundtrack, which is Sound Bowls and Chants. I just love falling asleep to this. And it's been a total game changer for me and even my mental health through very stressful times. So to take steps towards improving your overall well-being and stress levels, you can, if you decide, get yourself a Sensate and make sure to use code NAT at getsensate.com. Okay, let's talk about today's guest. This episode, we dive deep into the captivating world of longevity and the science behind aging with none other than Dr. Sandra Kaufman, a repeat guest to this podcast. Now, what's interesting about Dr. Kaufman is that she is actually a pediatric anesthesiologist by trade and a really good one at that. And so you might wonder, well, what does someone who specializes in pediatrics at a high level, know about aging. And as it turns out, a lot. 
she's basically turned a what started off maybe as a side hustle into two incredible books and a lot of really great projects coming down the pipes this year. So what we do in this episode, this episode is a deep dive into the heart of longevity science with Dr. Kaufman. She discusses her groundbreaking Kaufman protocol, a systematic approach to understanding and combating aging at a cellular level. And we explore key topics like the sirtuin theory of aging and the role of NAD plus in maintaining cellular health. And we talk about some of the specific compounds that we can access to help move the needle on both these fronts. So Dr. Kaufman's insights drawn from her extensive research and publications, including the Kaufman protocol, why we age and how to stop it, offers you, the listeners, a unique perspective on practical scientifically backed strategies for a longer, healthier life. So join us for this enlightening journey into the future of aging science. Now, to learn more about Dr. Kaufman and her work and to be the first to know about her new clinic that she's planning for the spring of 2024, you're going to want to check out her website, which is kaufmanprotocol.com. Kaufman is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N protocol.com. Or follow her on Instagram. She's got a great Instagram ac- account, which is appropriately Kaufman Anti-Aging is the Instagram handle. And don't forget that Kaufman has two ends at the end. Everything else will be spelled in the show notes below. Okay, so one last thing. And sometimes in health optimization, it's about the littlest things, the teeniest, tiniest things. What we're going to talk about here is about performing your best. And to do that, it's important to get the basics right. And one of the most overlooked fundamentals is replenishing your mineral stores. A 2022 study from the CDC found that 97% of Americans are deficient in at least one mineral. That's almost everyone. And it's horrible news because minerals impact your hormone production, your metabolism, your brain function, your sleep, and pretty much every other major system in your body. And this is why I've partnered with B Minerals. You've heard me talk about them before. Their full spectrum supplement provides all the minerals, electrolytes, and micronutrients your body needs in a single one ounce shot per day. And you don't have to worry about nasty taste because it actually tastes just like water. Their liquids, minerals are ionic, which means they require no digestion and have close to 100% bioavailability. You absorb them in minutes and can literally feel them working. With Beam Minerals, you can replenish all of your body's mineral stores in just 30 seconds a day. You've got to check them out. You can do that at beamminerals.com and make sure to use code Natalie at checkout for 20% off. All right, now let's jump into the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back to the show, Sandra Kaufman, the doctor who does all the crazy things. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Oh, it's so much fun to be back. You are awesome. Oh, well, I feel the same way about you. So you've just come back from hiking the Grand Canyon on nothing, no training, no nothing, just scampered up and down. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the strategies you use to make that happen. I'm sure my husband who just dragged himself up and down Kilimanjaro would be fascinated to hear. (laughs) But I actually sent him to a gym called Altitude in Toronto where they they have the ability in the workout room to drop the concentration of oxygen to simulate high altitude training. 
I think yeah. it helped them. No, I'm, I'm sure it did. And three years ago, right before COVID hit, I was climbing Aconcagua up to 21, I think, thousand feet. And I had an altitude trainer. Yeah. And I'm going to Ecuador to climb 18,000 foot peaks in January, which so I have an altitude trainer that I'm working with now. So it, it's really, really helpful. Um, yeah. The whole Grand Canyon thing was just sort of to start getting my legs back. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I would say that of the four guys that he went with, he was the one that held it together on the O2 sat part. Um, one guy apparently decided about a thousand feet from the top that he would just lie down and have a nap now. So um, apparently that did not go over well with the Sherpas. <laughs> going to take you up and then nobody's going to spend too much time here and we're going back down again. So anyway. Be that as it may, adventures aside, we, you know, talking to you is always such a gas because I never, I always know that there's about, I don't know, 500 different wormholes you've dove into since the last time we talked. So we talked a little bit before the podcast and we finally settled on Sirtuins, your Sirtuin deep dive. And um, and then we're going to do an, some AED at the end too, just as a topper because NAD is so interesting and was part of your short-term strategy for helping you get your legs back for the Grand Canyon. So maybe let's start by Sirtuins. Why are they? What are they? Why should what we? Are, what and are why they? are Why are they? But what are they? <laughs> I really have no idea how they got to be what they are. That's, That's not so completely. important. <laughs> well, they're evolutionarily conserved from the earliest of little cells. So we've had them for a very, very, very long time. That's generally we, a good sign. Right? And we mammals, of course, have more than anybody else. Actually, that's not true. But we have seven uh, sirtuins. Mm-hmm. And what are they? So they are histone deacetylases in general. And it turns out that they're more than that. But that's sort of like the basic definition. And more specifically, class three histone deacetylases. And so um, just just for those... What those, does that mean? Right? Yeah, what the heck does that what is mean? That, what does that mean? <laughs> Tell us what right. that means in like English. Why does that matter? All right. All right. <laughs> So genes create proteins and enzymes and enzymes have to get turned on and off. Um, And all of these things are controlled by the addition or subtraction of various agents that are hanging on, right? So if you just look at histones, you can look at methyl groups that are glued on or acetyl groups that are glued on or phosphorylating groups. So there's a thousand of things that can be added onto a histone. Mm-hmm. Uh, acetylases are kind of kind of key. And if you take an acetyl group off of a histone, it allows for that piece of DNA to sort of unwind and it grants access to the ability of, of like, you know, the little translational proteins to come in, make the RNA and then make the protein. Perfect. So by sort of like the on off switch of certain yeah. enzymes, enzyme production. Yeah. Yeah. That also works for enzymes in addition to histones, but essentially they're on off switches. And for the most of the part, they're on switches. Occasionally they're off switches. These are the cert ones now, or is that the histones? All, all of the sirtuins. So all the sirtuins. All sirtuins. And the different sirtuins, as I said, they're seven have slightly different aspects to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But so there's a couple of standouts, right? There's a couple of standouts. So sirtuin one, and and one always means in the in the chemical world that we know most about it, right? When you discover something, you go, aha, this is number one. It's like 1.0. And it, for the most part, controls all cellular homeostasis. So everything from 
DNA repair mechanisms to oxidation levels to circadian rhythms to you know it act it, it interacts with the RMP kinase so caloric restriction issues what's made what's not made I mean it controls literally all homeostasis and sirtuin1 lives in your nucleus and this is sort of how it sort of controls everything mm-hmm. um, two sort of flits around the cell and we don't know that much about it. Uh, three, four, and five live in your mitochondria. And three is the master regulator of your mitochondria. So people go to a huge degree to sort of optimize their mitochondria in terms of increasing mitochondrial biogenesis. And, you know, there's a week, that's a whole nother like lost topic and we get into it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but without activating sirtuin three, nothing happens because it controls your um, basic all of your mitochondrial homeostasis, as well as having interactions sort of with the nucleus. So three is insanely important. Yes. And there's absolutely nice evidence. to three. Yeah, there's evidence that by the time you're 35, levels of cert three start dropping. Wow. Um, and by the time Already. you're 40, they're very dropping. Yeah. And it's demonstrated in many, many uh, species that if you increase levels of cert three, you're just going to do better and have better life extension. So that's kind of crucial. Hmm. So we're going to talk about those strategies, but first we have to talk about four, five, six, and seven. Right. So, so one is in the nucleus, two flits around the cell, three, four, and five are in the nucleus. And then six and seven live in your nucleus, but more specifically within your chromatin. And they are linked to DNA repair mechanisms and control of your, your um, heterochromatin versus your euchromatin. Um, I know you're like, what the heck is that? Okay. So your nucleus, everyone, you know, it's the big brain of the operations and all of your DNA is in there looking a bit like spaghetti and there's areas that are clustered more tightly. And then there's areas that are more loose. Right. And if if you think about ease of acquisition, the loose Mm. stuff is where proteins can get in and translate and make, make proteins out of that area. Right. Right. So that's considered your real chromatin because it's busy. So real means EU in, in scientific jargon. So euchromatin is what we're actually using. Right. 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 The compacted stuff is heterochromatin. And it's really contains a lot of things that we don't really need uh, mm. all the time. So it's sort of safely tucked away. And it has a lot of dangerous aspects to it, too. It has a lot of transposons in there and some things that can activate cancer. So you want your, your heterochromatin tightly packed your euchromatin sort of available, and then it sort of gets glued on the nuclear envelope, blah, 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 blah. But all of that is controlled by, most of that is controlled by sirtuin six and seven, six being the standout. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So cert six, cert three, cert one, those are the, those are going to be kind of our areas of focus. I actually remember a book years ago now, and I don't know if I still have it. It was this little book and it was called The Sirtuin Diet. And it was written by these two guys who, and you know, from the best as I can tell, it was a book that, I mean, it was an interesting little book and it was very focused on that whole concept of eating lots of very colorful fruits and vegetables because they all had different capacities to activate different sirtuins. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, like we don't have enough to think about when we put food in our mouth. Now we have to think about, oh, this is really good for my cert one. I think I've overfed my cert six today. So- <laughs> right. So, so most people that know me well know that I, I'm sort of a renowned junk food junkie, yeah. but I take right, 70 pills a day and mm-hmm. I take very specific sirtuin activators. Okay. Because All it's, because right. it's doable. 
Um, obviously, the most famous ones are resveratrol and pterostilbene. Yeah. Uh, and they do activate more than just SIRT1. They do many other things as well because they're polyphenols. Uh, resveratrol comes, of course, from red wine. Pterostilbene comes from blueberries. Um, you know, people always ask, oh, can I just eat blueberries? And I think I calculated it out to be like two gallons of blueberries a day or something outrageous. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. But like you just can't consume that much to make it actually work, right? No, nor can you drink enough wine without becoming a raging alcoholic and having right. and, and I know people have tried. <laughs> oh, uh, listen, they still do. They still do. This is this is a going experiment, ongoing experiment. But somehow yeah, it doesn't and, work that way. And and there's a couple other things that are sirtuin one activators. There's um paraflora is is a pretty good one. Um sort of underutilized. I like it a lot. Cause it's, it's dirt cheap and it's sort of semi-exotic. It's just kind of fun. Paraflora. Uh, okay. Paraflora. Um, but the other thing that people have to keep in mind that for all of the sirtuins is that they are NAD dependent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so to explain why that, you know, some books just say, oh, it's a cofactor. Why, why is it? And it turns out that what happens is sirtuins lift the, it's a deacetylase. So they're taking the acetyl group off of something. Well, right. what do you do with a random acetyl group? You got to glue it to something else. So they glue it onto the NAD molecule. Huh. Cool. So if NAD is not floating around, it just goes, screw it, and puts it back to where it started. So it just doesn't work. Right. So you're no further ahead. That's really right. interesting. So before we jump too far ahead, can we talk a little bit about the the bioavailability that a lot of people argue about, you know, is it even worth it to take resveratrol and is pterostilbene truly's resveratrol kind of more bioavailable twin? Like what are your thoughts on, and obviously they're a little bit different. They come from different places, but they're both from the dark blue kind of spectrum. Yeah. Right. So I consider them sort of molecular cousins. They are very, very close. And if you just look at the molecules themselves, pterostilbene is more bioavailable than resveratrol. It okay. just is. It just, it just is. is. Yeah. However, however, caveats are that A, there was a study that came out a year or two ago, maybe longer than I lose track of time, um, that if you have any lipid issues, like you know dyslipidemias, pterostilbene could potentially make that worse. Right. Oh, interesting. So, so you go, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have that one. Um, but then there's the whole world of resveratrol and there's the ever escalating war of increasing bioavailability, mm-hmm. right? What can you wrap around the molecule or hide it with or compare it with whatever to increase its bioavailability? Um, and I, and I, I love this war because it means that we all win. sooner or later somebody comes up with some really good ideas right people are damn smart and they're determined and it's you know we live in a capitalistic society and you're like good for us we get we get to win so Mm -hmm. there are in fact there are more bioavailable products out of resveratrol than out of pterostilbene at this moment so a bioavailable um resveratrol is going to beat a non or less bioavailable pterostilbene yeah no that makes total sense so what what should people be looking for when they're looking for a supplement with resveratrol that makes it bioavailable? So frequently they, well, they can be in a nanomycel, they can be liposomal. Um, Usually the people that go out of their way to do this will put it on the label, like bioavailable via such and such mechanism. Right. Um, like I love Rev Genetics because I always put it on the bottle. Like their their metacurcumin is one of my favorite things to take. And I, I don't rep for anybody, so I don't get paid, but their product is literally called 277x 
And the reason is because it's 277 times more bioavailable than standard curcumin. And you go, well, that seems like a no brainer, right? Because they put it in, you know, special molecular packaging. What's the name of the company? Rev Genetics. R-E-V Genetics? Yeah. And again, I, I I don't get paid to rep. I just no, I, I get use, that. It's I, just I, people I are going to want to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and it's their two seven seven X curcumin. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and you know, if you look it up, there's a little chart, and it, you know, they're so proud of their bioavailability stats that they just go to the end of the earth to like sort of you know explain this to you. And their resveratrol is in this like liquidy gel stuff that's supposed to increase the bioavailability. What is it really? Hard to say. Um, but it is what it is, right? And it, 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 so they'll never tell you how many times more bioavailability each of the, each one of them their like sort of things are. Okay, that's really interesting. What are your thoughts on? Um, I know this is a little bit of a, and especially in the curcumin world, this can be a little bit again of a lightning rod. Is the idea of curcumin is only made bioavailable by combining it with black pepper, which yeah. is that okay, type so of is- which people say poke holes in your gut, it's horrible, or and and this then it's old Old science. Old science. That's 15-, 20-year-old technology. What the pepper did is it decreased the liver enzymes so that you wouldn't metabolize the curcumin as quickly. Okay. Right? So so the problem with that, by logic, (laughs) is not metabolizing other things as quickly either. So, So your liver has several different mechanisms by which you metabolize drugs, foods, any any chemicals, right? Yeah. And it just blocks the system temporarily, of course. Like your phase two detox pathways, kind of? To be perfectly honest, I don't I detox pathway. I don't believe in Not detox. detox. I don't mean that. I, I mean like C- the glucuronidation, C- acetylation, C- all the. Right. It's like CYP something, something. I used to know this in, in, yeah, yeah. in okay. Asia residency and I don't remember it now, but it's the same pathway. So theoretically, it, it comes with a lot of warnings as well, because if you take this, you're also blocking metabolism of certain drug types that have the right. same metabolic pathway. But that is very old technology. Like I would never recommend that these days. No. So are you feeling that the black pepper is a bad idea? Well, well, yeah, for because of this reason, because okay, I just asked the dumbest question ever on my own podcast. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sometimes it's a day. This this is one of those days. Um, <laughs> I can get them to cut that out. Okay, so we've taken care of bioavailability of resveratrol and pterostilbene to activate our CERT1 gene, which we want to do because it is just super valuable. It's in the nucleus of the cell and it makes really targets cellular homeostasis. So let's carry on and now talk about CERT3 because CERT3 is also super important. We are now dancing in the mitochondria and everybody's crazy about mitochondria really. Yes, we are, because without them, you would be nothing. Pretty much um, so, Yeah, right. So mitochondria fail for many, many, many reasons. The top reason, in my opinion, and, and you're going to get a million opinions from a diff- million different people, right? You can argue free radical production. You could argue permeability, poor issues, this, that, and the other. But but in general, uh, if SIR2 and 3 fails, all mitochondrial homeostasis fails, mm. right? So how do we upregulate SIR2 and 3? Right. The best two agents out there are Hinocchiol. Hinocchiol comes from the magnolia plant. Yeah. I'm finding this in a lot of sleep formulas right now. Uh, Which does not make a ton of sense because it's increasing your mitochondria. Yeah. Interesting. But we're finding it in, in, there's actually two sleep formulas I can think of right now that have Hinocchiol in them. Oh, well. Interesting. 
Anyway, so Sir Three, yes. Well, so the other interesting thing is, is Sirtuins, all of the Sirtuins have to do with boosting circadian rhythms as well. Okay. Well, maybe that's why then. Yeah. So if you are not sleeping as you get older, you boost your um, sirtuins. One is probably a little stronger than three in terms of sleep. Um, and then if you're NAD deficient, none of it works. So if you boost sirtuins and NAD, it's one of the big reasons or one of the big ways you can sort of return back to sleep. Um, and then there's a whole nother topic because sleep has to do, or circadian rhythms have to do with protein production all over your cells. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, DNA um, repair mechanisms, blah, 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 blah. And of course, if you don't sleep, increased risk of cancer, blah, 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 blah. Um, where were we? Ah, yeah, Pinocchio. Quite sorry. Pinocchio. <laughs> Down the wormhole I go, right? Yeah, I know. Down the wormhole you go, and here I am finding a side hole to go into. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Pinocchio comes from Magnolia. Uh, my personal absolute favorite SIR2 and 3 activator has to be dihydromericidin. Um, people are like, how do you spell that? It's dihydro, my yeah. rice tin. So it's my very rice tin. My, my rice tin. Like if you know, if you like went to a Chinese restaurant, this is my rice tin. Brilliant. That is such a good way to explain and why that's amazing. Okay, good. Got I, it. The way my brain works is really dumb. Like my no, rice it tin. Tore, believe me, it, it, I can follow. This is good. So Wait. dihydro, my rice tin. Also, I now remember the name. I will never forget right? it. <laughs> no. So the cool thing about this, and I, I love this, if you Google dihydromoricidin, it shows up as a cure for hangovers. That's where I've heard of it before. Okay. Yes. Why do you get hangovers, right? Alcohol kills the mitochondria in your liver. Oh, does it now? Right? And so yeah. when the mitochondria in your liver sort of gets suppressed, you can't process alcohol as quickly. It sort of lingers and it's very toxic. So you have a hangover on top of like osmotic diuresis and all that kind of garbage, right? Um, but if you boost the mitochondria, right? Especially in your liver, but then it's going to boost them everywhere. Yeah. Um, you can't you selectively alcohol faster and you have less of a hangover. Wow, that's so interesting. It also probably explains why people lose their tolerance for alcohol as they get older, right? As you use, lose your mitochondria, they might not be as efficient. I would I would imagine that's probably true. I mean, true. it might be part of the mechanism that, you know, some yeah. of us never tolerated alcohol at the best of times, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe just because I don't have any dihydro... Maricitin. Maricitin. Yes. My rice tin. Yes. Well, I was going to say my rice tin, but then I wanted to say it properly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But so what's what's really interesting is so I you know I I googled this trying to find the best brand, right? And seven different hangover cures popped up, and then you know that Google is always listening, right? Uh -huh. So then I started getting stuff from like Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So it's, you know, like warning flag. If you want to boost your mitochondria, be prepared. You're going to be an alcoholic. You're, gonna, you're suddenly going to be branded an alcoholic by Google. So where do people get dihydro my, my, my rice? President, it's everywhere. There are a brilliant billion like brands out there. It's, it's really, really interesting. So uh, do you just use one of these hangover helpers or do you, or can so, you just so force I just, it on so its own? It, so it, 
So what's interesting is, so if you read the ingredients, it'll usually be dihydromyrosidin and some other pseudo garbage, right? So you can, you can either take the pseudo garbage, depending on what it is, or you can go straight to the dihydromyrosidin, which is what I generally do, because I don't like the extra yeah. garbage in there. Um, and it's usually, I think it's like 300 milligrams a day or something. And again, some people are like, oh, do I only take it when I'm drinking? And the answer is, well, if you're an alcoholic, that would be helpful. But in terms of longevity, which is what this Every is about. Every day would be good. Yeah. Every day would be very helpful. Okay. So would it make sense for someone to, you know, who someday decide, okay, I'm going to make a cert one, cert three, um, combo pill, combo pill and just resveratrol and let me, let me save you the, so I'm working on my own <laughs> set right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing that as well as throwing in cert six activators. I, well, I can only imagine that you are, of course. So this will be your one-stop cert support yes that's the plan that's perfect the plan. all right let's um are there foods that you can use for cert one and cert three i know you're i mean i know it's gallons and pounds and buckets of food i but- suppose you could eat a magnolia tree i'm not really <laughs> sure if that's tasty hey, that's not a thing um, actually <laughs> um i think it comes from the bark actually uh, so it must be some sort of i don't know so dihydromyrosidin comes from chinese vine tea mm. and i know can order Chinese vine tea. I never have because I'm not a tea drinker, a Nord, no. so I have no idea what it tastes like, but I know that it's it's available as a tea. Yeah. If you ever had a TCM, if you've ever worked with a traditional Chinese medicine doctor and they give you those teas that you're supposed to drink after you have your big acupuncture session. Now I will say they're amazing and everything they do works, but the teas are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Brutal. So, right. Yeah, they taste terrible, right? So yeah. I personally would rather swallow a million pills than have a cup of terrible tea. Yeah, you know? no, listen, because eventually I get tired, little, right? Yeah. A little capsule, you can't taste a thing, you swig it down, you are good to go. Right? I know. Yeah. I totally I, agree. I don't know why. Or why people want to open them and put them in smoothies. I get that question all the time. Can't I just dump it in a smoothie? That stuff tastes terrible. Why the hell would you ever want to do that? Yeah, I keep saying I'm I'm the same way people because there was this one supplement recently. I'm like, that is it's a great supplement and it's vile. I'm like, you know, they're finally, finally the, the, the I think it was a point of honor. The the guy who'd come up with it didn't want to encapsulate. It's like, no, if people want this stuff, they're gonna have to drink it. And and they said to me, just put it in your smoothie. And I was like, but then my smoothie will taste like terrible why why would then i have to drink a lot of it like at some point if if i have to drink it give me a shot and down the hatch and it's like you know if i'm going to take methylene blue or something but yeah. I, but to put it in my whole giant beautiful creamy smoothie why would I do that? why would you ruin the smoothie right it's that's my point exactly exactly so all right cert six and then i'm gonna like pop quiz you on methylene blue i'm curious on your opinion on methylene blue yeah, but- yeah no problem uh, okay, so cert six. Um, there are a couple sort of ones like cyanidin is helpful. I tried that for a little while, but the big one is fucodan. Okay, I've and this is an interesting one because it comes from Japanese seaweed. Yeah, um, and it's really interesting because when you go to buy fucodan, it can be dirt cheap or it can be horrifically expensive. I mean, okay. like there's a bottle out there that's like a thousand bucks a bottle. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not happening mm-hmm. versus like pennies. And you think that doesn't probably seem as all that great either. So I keep importing all of these Japanese types of fukudan to see if I can find like the happy medium. 
Mm-hmm. And, and what's really interesting, and I have ended up importing a lot of stuff from Japan recently. And instead of like our capsules, they squish it all into a tablet. Really? Really like interesting. the actual seaweed? I, I don't know. It's just tiny little tablets. Um, hmm. It's just different packaging from different countries. So I just keep popping Fucodan tablets. Okay. Is Fucodan uh, the brown seaweed? Yes. It is. Okay. It's in it. It's not it. Like, you know, seaweed has a lot of stuff in it, but it's in it. Yeah. Because I remember learning in school that there was a brown seaweed or some brown seaweed supplement that was actually also really good for um, any kind of radiation exposure, like after x-rays or- That's actually, so a clonia cava is actually, that's the one that's advertised for that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of these very sort of similar makeups, you know? Okay. Okay, so but seaweed is a very underutilized um, resource. So Although, really- did you read? There was a study recently that that um, I read a paper not that long ago talking about how oh everybody's always expounding the virtues of eating seaweed and how good it is for you and blah blah blah, and they were saying that unfortunately most of us don't have the microbiome that required to break down and extract all these nutrients from the seaweed, but people in Japan who they do. have been eating this seaweed for generations, they have that microbiome. So. Yeah, no, that's probably, I mean, right? Evolution has its wonders. Um, yeah. 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 Which is why you, you take your little imported Japanese tablets and you're done with it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Don't be gnawing on seaweed. It's not going to help. Um, okay, so in terms, so the Fukuyadan obviously is going to be part of your cert soup. Um, yes. And uh, until then, we just... If we're going to try and source it, go at least go middle of the road. Don't. I think so. I, I just I can't imagine. I, just, I can't get my head around the pennies one. It it doesn't make sense to it, me. It just I, it it just seems like whatever they're doing is not going to be quality enough for you to actually benefit from it. Um, yeah. Another hand, dollars a bottle seems a bit ridiculous as well. God knows what they're doing to it. Maybe they're like I don't know. Is there seaweed in like a special gold laden bath? You know, I have no blooming idea, but it seemed a little excessive. So again, I I went middle of the road. I chose three random middle of the road Japanese brands that to be perfectly honest, I can't read the bottles. They showed up, right? I'm like, oh my God, because it takes a while to get here. Um, So months later you get these packages and you're like, what the hell did I order, right? So then do the little Google scan thing on the bottle that translates, oh yes, this is my Fucodin. Okay. <laughs> that is hilarious. Now, do you, so obviously, are you going to be testing the, is there? So there's no, there's no cert six or cert three test right now. No, if that's could, not what I mean. Um, oh. I actually meant for the, for the, um, for the seaweed, do you test, do you have it tested for heavy metals or any well, it's kind not, of? It's not, it's not seaweed. I mean, this is, it's Fucodan tablets. Okay. Oh, so it's actually, so it's not even necessarily extracted. extracted. It's, it's extracted fucodan. That's it. Okay. Compressed into a tablet. Okay. All right. All right. So we don't have to worry about these I things. Think. Perfect. For Google Translate. <laughs> You're going to need a Japanese person on your team at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm going to need some from everywhere because I honestly use stuff from all over the globe. Yeah. Um, my, 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 you know, it's, I, well, for various reasons, I've gotten thrown out of global entry. This is actually quite funny because I, <laughs> I can't wait so to hear much. why <laughs> I import so much stuff. And I used to import like eye drops from Russia 
and I get a ton of stuff from Japan and China and Argentina and South Korea uh, that I must have gotten on some sort of watch list, right? Oh my god! So then, so then I also import um, South Korean Botox. Mm. Why? It's the same molecule as Allergan, um, and it's fraction of the cost and i actually think it's better right because there's south korea there's famous for their beauty supplies i mean this stuff's amazing right yeah so somehow the u.s customs got a hold of one of my boxes of botox and they took it and this box arrived here at my home completely ripped to shreds and like nothing i mean it was just it was just a cardboard box with shreds in it i'm like (laughs) What the hell? So I called the company and they're like, well, we sent it to you intact. And then three weeks later, I got this huge stack of papers from customs threatening me with blah, 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 blah. I said, you're illegally importing. I'm like, I don't think I'm illegally doing anything, but called my sister, my official attorney. She's like, what's more important? Like losing the Botox or having a fight with US customs? I said, it's done anyway, right? It's dead. Once it's not cold, it's not good. So Mm -hmm. I, I just dropped the whole thing. And then I was flying back from, from Europe, like, you know, a month later and I go to global entry and they just nixed me. And they wouldn't tell me why they're like, you've been disqualified. I'm like, but what, what? so I looked it up online and then I realized that U S customs and global entry was the same thing. Oh. Then I called my sister, the attorney. I'm like, she's like, well, what's more important getting, getting back into the States a little <laughs> bit earlier or having south korean botox and i'm like well duh botox so <laughs> i lost all global entry capacity so you're, you're in the cheap seats you're waiting at the I, back of the line like everybody else oh yeah i've lost lost privilege but i have no wrinkles and that's what's important <laughs> listen that's all that right? really matters at the end of the day this is about priorities people right your yeah. your listeners gonna be like man she's nuts no, it's you. <laughs> it's Dr. Sandy Kaufman. If you can't take the heat, you're just going to have to get out of the water. Um, all right. So cool. So we have CERT 1, CERT 3, CERT 6. We know why they're super important. We understand three of the major compounds that are required to keep them happy, which we really need. We will listen up and keep our ear to the ground for whenever you come up with your super CERT soup supplement. Ooh, that's for so, so the other interesting thing I'm experimenting with is the IV equivalence of some of these things. Oh. So I have my hands on IV resveratrol at the moment. And I'm beginning to think that may, you know, much like IV NAD, I mean, you don't want too much at one time, but perhaps when you're, you know, if you, if you walk into the clinic that I will be opening hopefully in March, if, if you haven't had any sort of activation in years and years and years, certainly possible that an IV infusion would be helpful to jumpstart the process. And then you start on some sort of oral supplementation thereafter. So I'm working on these things, lots of, lots of sort of things in process. That is super cool. Where's your clinic going to be? That's very exciting. Uh, well, so I live in Miami. It'll be in South Miami. Nice. I go there a lot. That is excellent. <laughs> Excited to hear this. I knew um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, hook me up. So I, yeah, so then you just get your. That's amazing. So you get your your boost from the IV, and then you just keep everything happy with oral supplementation. In fact, uh, I'm working on entire. So what I what I give to most people over the age of forty to start is what I call the panacea, and it's a combination of five agents that everyone just needs. You know, 
without question. And if I can convert all of that to an IV, I can get everyone started immediately and then and then convert them. So it's not just the resveratrol, it would be free radical scavenging and transglycosylation, and, you know, and, and all of those things you sort of need in, in like a one shot, okay, here we go, let's get moving sort of maneuver. Perfect. Okay. I love that. Um, all right. So we'll keep our ears open for that. And um, probably this podcast will most likely come out in February sometime. So by the time this comes out, I'll get in touch with you. And maybe we'll be able to update people on the status of the clinic. Um, okay. So the other topic we were going to cover today was NAD because it's one of those ones that people love to argue about. Um, just love it. I did, uh, five days of NADIV last May. And if I tell the wrong person, I'm either, if I tell the right person, they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. How did you feel? How did it go? And then if I tell other people, they're kind of slightly horrified for me and they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was really smart. It's like cellular energy. Why wouldn't I? Do you want to maybe speak to the controversy a little bit? So, um, so I, I think that you're, I'm, I tend to be a moderate. Yeah. Uh, much, so much like five days moderate. of NADIV might've been too much as far as you're concerned. It was a little bit much. Um, I, my, my, my big take home message for most people is cellular homeostasis. Mm. Right. Yeah. And there's absolute proof that as you get older, you have less available NAD. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure your listeners know this, but very, very quickly, what does NAD do, right? So it is part of the electron transport chain in the mitochondria. Um, so without it, you don't make energy, but there's no evidence that if you have more, you have an excessive amount of energy. Like it's not- Right. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, you can only that's, go that's, to a certain level. You can't overfill right, right. the tank. Okay. Exactly. So that's one. Two, it is the necessary cofactors we talked about for all of your sirtuins. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you are deficient, your sirtuins do not work and you lose cellular homeostasis. Okay. But it's not the rate limiting factor generally. I mean, sometimes it can be, granted, if it's very deficient. But if you have enough, you don't necessarily need more. Right. 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 Um, thirdly, you use it to repair your DNA. Mm-hmm. So there's single stranded DNA, there's double stranded DNA. Uh, problems, right? So single-stranded gets repaired by two systems. There's NUR and BUR, which is nucleotide versus base excision. And then there's um, the double-stranded, which is you either gets repaired via homogenous or non-homogenous repair mechanisms. The But the single-stranded errors get repaired via the whole system of little mechanisms, but they fill in the gaps, right? They take out the piece that's damaged and they fill in the backbone of the DNA with disassembled NAD. Huh. That's okay. interesting. Okay. So if you are NAD deficient, you're not fixing your DNA. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, on the, the the flip side of that is if you have too much, you're not fixing it any faster. So it's more wasteful. It's not so much harmful as it is. Well, we'll, 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 we'll get there. Wait, we'll get there. No, we're, not, well, we're not finished. <laughs> and, and lastly, it's a communication device. The, the balance between NAD, NADH, and then all of the, like the feedback loops, it's a mm-hmm. balance tells your nucleus how much energy you have and what to do. Okay. Right? So the question is, is going beyond some reasonable level, is that useful or is it harmful? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where the argument lies. No one is arguing that you should be deficient. Right. 
Is it helpful or harmful to be over the higher top? levels? My argument is that it probably would be harmful to have super high levels because it's going to throw all of your homeostasis into disarray. Mm. Right. And if you think about your blood levels on a graph, right, if you're here and then you do like an IV and you and then you're back down and you're flat, what what did you just do to your cellular system? The yeah. answer is really no. Mm-hmm. Versus you take oral supplementation, you sort of become at some homeostasis and then you stay there. Right. right? Not sort of what you want. You want cellular homeostasis. So if you are 70, 80, whatever, and you are horribly deficient in NAD, then some sort of bolus system, IV patch, IM, something like that, might be extremely useful. But if you're a reasonably normal human being and you're not horrifically deficient, you don't really need a big IV, right? Is one IV reasonable? Probably. Mm -hmm. I would argue that five is probably a little bit much because I could probably also argue that you are on NAD supplementation or precursor supplementation anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So when you did five days, you're like way super therapeutic. And what is it that doing to your homeostasis? And the answer is, I don't really know. Yeah. Ho- hopefully it's a hormetic stressor. <laughs> we hope so. Right. But, but we don't know because it's, <laughs> but it's we don't know. Good. Yeah. So we don't want to do this levels and are you doing feedback loops and blah, 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 blah. So I'm not saying the therapy is bad. I'm saying it's person dependent, situation dependent, you know, with a variety of very important variables. Totally makes sense. Okay. So now we know about NAD. Now are there, let's talk about the precursors. There's NR, NMN. Um, Do you have a favorite in there? I don't. I think that they are all very closely related. Um, One is one enzymatic step different than the other, which is not a rate limiting step. So in essence, it doesn't really matter. Uh, People love to argue whether or not it's actually intracellular versus extracellular, right? And of course, I mean, there's pumps involved. There's a whole lot of issues going on in terms of that. Can you actually measure your intracellular levels? That would be kind of be a bitch, right? You're not going to take one cell, stick a little tiny needle into it. Go, (laughs) go, shit, I missed, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so theoretically, if your blood vest, blood levels are a reasonable amounts, homeostasis is going to drive in whatever the cells require. Okay. So it doesn't matter really. NR I, 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 I don't think so. Honestly, I use whatever's on sale. Hey, folks, a quick note about one of my favorite topics is bioregulators. Bioregular peptides, as many of you know, is one of the most powerful strategies that we have to help to restore youth at a cellular level. And where I love to buy my bioregulator peptides from is Profound Health. Profound Health sells the original Cavinson peptides as capsules and some of them even as sublingual sprays. Now, those capsules are designated as nutritional supplements. So they're basically vitamins. And you just need to pop two a day for be it 30 days or 10 day cycles, depending on what approach you're taking. And that will help to signal your body to rejuvenate and renew yourself at a cellular level specific to the bioregulator that you're using. Now, to get those bioregulators and even to find out lots more information about them, you can go to profound-health.com and use discount code longevity15 on your first order and save 15%. And let's get back to the episode. Okay. So we've we've done our certs. Cert one, one, three, and six we know are the big focus. Uh, we've talked some about NAD. 
Now, this is the favorite, my favorite part of talking to Sandy Kaufman, and that is talk to us about the strange new things that have come across your radar lately, because there's always something. If you guys aren't watching this, she's rubbing her hands together. She's all in. So (laughs) here we go. So, so most people, when they're bored, watch Netflix and I cruise Google Scholar for just random ass cool things, right? This is, it's like a treasure trove in there. If you just have to find the right pieces and parts. So, yeah. so what, so one of my new things that I start found is a Japanese drug called Selbex, S-E-L-B-E-X. It's the brand name and it stands for a name that's like ungodly long sort of the g and i don't remember what it is offhand but selbex is the brand name and so what is selbex this is fantastic selbex was proved by the japanese fda 20 years ago for gastritis right so inflammation of the gut from taking too many other drugs which i find moderately funny because i take a lot of drugs i'm like well that's useful but what it actually is it's a very potent heat shock protein activator really Yes. That's so interesting. Yes. Yes, it is. Couldn't people just go sit in a sauna for a while? So so in order to activate your heat shock proteins, you have to be in a sauna for a very specific amount of time. It's like over a half an hour, I think. At At a a very very high high temperature. And you have to do it every day. Mm, Yeah. Not going to happen. Or or you could take Celbex, right? Why not? And it decreases your risk of gastritis. Right. Which is another reason that I import all this crazy stuff and the <laughs> and no longer no longer have global entry, no longer have global entry. But it, so people are like, I, I don't know who your listeners are exactly. Why would we activate our heat shock proteins? Right. Mm-hmm. So in the world of protein homeostasis, otherwise known as proteostasis, proteins um, are very particular in terms of their three dimensional shape. Right. We talk about primary um, organization is like the list of you know, amino acids it, yeah. that forms a secondary shape. And then the tertiary shape is like this three-dimensional glob. And you look at it and you're like, oh, what the hell is that? But it's very, very, very specific. Mm-hmm. And it gets unwound based on stresses, pH, salinity, this, that, the other. It gets glycated, it gets this, it gets that. Like proteins take a beating. Yeah. And so for every important protein, it has a chaperone protein that literally follows it around from the moment it's born to the morning, to the day that it sort of like disappears into the garbage dump. Okay. I like to think of them as just very exotic babysitters, mm-hmm. right? Um, so in fact, the, in, you have you have these chaperones in your regular cell, in the cytosol. You even have them in your mitochondria. There are mitochondrial chaperones. So for example, 99% of the proteins in your mitochondria are, are coded for in your nucleus, right? Wow. So the nucleus codes for a protein, gets goes through your, your, your RER, gets associated with a chaperone that keeps it in a very specific shape. But then it has to be unwound to get through the membrane of the mitochondria. Right. Right. Then our dogs, I call them Tim and Sam, which stand for such and such monitors, membranes, whatever. Um, and then it gets passed off to a mitochondrial chaperone that reconfigures it and then takes it to its location so that it does something. That's so crazy. It like, is amazing. How, how amazing is that? Right. I mean, I don't know, you guys, that this is where the nerd totally comes out in me. Like I sit here and I go, that is like redonkulously well-organized, orchestrated, like that's nuts. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's insane. And when you see a diagram of this and it's, it's funny. So there's a lots of different classes of heat shock proteins um, or chaperones and it's done by molecular weight. So there's like, it'll be like a 90 and a 70 and a 40 and a 30. And they, you know, they do various things around the cell, but of course, as you get older, they don't do it as well. Right. Mm, okay. Which is why you get that, that one of the hallmarks of aging is um, proteostasis. It's loss right. of, and so the right. heat shock proteins are the chaperone proteins. Yes. Right. Okay. So if you think about your cell as a smart defensive thing, right. What melts proteins or what makes things cause them to sort of like fall apart physiologic stress, right. Mm-hmm. Eat cold salinity, all of these things make this molecule change shape. Yeah. Right. So if you add stress to it, it goes, aha, I need to fix this. It upregulates its chaperones that puts it back into shape. Huh. Right. Sort of like these, all of these glorious feedback loops. Mm-hmm. Well, you can cheat the system, right? If you upregulate your heat shock proteins, you're increasing your proteal stability, right? Yeah. And, and the key thing about that is most neurologic diseases, some, not all of it, but most Neurologic diseases, some aspect is failure of protein folding. They're called proteinopathies. Really? So, so right, mean. Alzheimer's, it has the the tau or the the what are the they tau called? proteins? The tau proteins and those the the other sheets. The amyloid plaques. Yeah, exactly. My tell I'm losing my brain. Um but a lot <laughs> mo- most of the neurologic diseases are all proteinopathies. And therefore, by upregulating your chaperones, you're reducing relative risk of getting a neurologic disease. And I'm not saying you're not going to, I'm not saying like all risk goes away. No, well, you're solving relative, that. You're, you're helping with that. Risk, yeah. right. Relative risk decreases. Interesting. So isn't that the coolest thing in the world? You get to decrease your gastritis and decrease relative risk of neurologic disease and help all of your proteins. I'm like, ah, that's a winner. Wow. And just this Celbex, which you can, which is an over-the-counter drug. Yeah. So yeah, you type Celbex into Google and you have 17 Japanese pharmacies that are happy to send it to you. You're kidding. But but of course, everything's going to be written in writing. So you need that Google app that's going to translate the package so that you can tell your Fucoidin from your Celbex. Yes. When you get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're on it. So this is kind of like one of those, you know, you get different compounds that are like, oh, these are calorie mimetic, caloric restriction mimetics or exercise mimetics. This is a gastritis mimetic, which actually protects your proteins, your heat shock proteins. Well, it's not gastritis mimetic. No, no, it's a heat shock protein. Heat shock protein mimetic. Yeah. All right. Upregulator. Who even knew that there was such a thing? I had no idea. I found it. I was jumping up and down in my kitchen. I'm like, oh my God, how does, how do people not know this? Right. Life with Dr. Kaufman. When you find her jumping up and down in her kitchen, it's not that she's won the lottery. It's that she's found another really cool thing on Google Scholar. <laughs> <laughs> true. It is, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's, it's damn straight. It's true. All right. Well, we, we respect that and we honor that and we all benefit from it. Okay. We, I think we have time for one more cool thing. So. Okay, one more cool thing. Do you want lithium or do you want exosomes? Kind of want both. Okay, let's start with. I feel like exosomes is a deeper, deeper dive. Do we have time for exosomes or should we do lithium? I don't know. We could do whatever you want. Okay, well, I can't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Let's talk about okay, exosomes. Lithium. Let's go with lithium. Okay, lithium. All okay. right, lithium first. Lithium so first. I, We're going to get both in. 
I just know. So, so, I, so I will see. So I was on this hunt for things that helps your telomeres and your mitochondria. Okay. Right. We want to do that. Right. So it turns out um, that so if, if you have bipolar or you are um, a manic depressant, right, mm-hmm. your telomeres by definition are significantly shorter than a normal person's. Interesting. All of okay. them? Really? All of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, telomeres, is, it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to specify because people point to a number, which is we know is bullshit, right? Because every chromosome has four ends. So how do you, you have, ever, yeah. It's, it's a law of averages, right? You have, I think I can, it was 184 telomeres per cell, right? And then of course your liver is going to be different than your heart, which is different than your kidney, which is different. And so it, they're all different, right? But yeah. someone picked the white cell, fine, whatever, whatever, whatever. Is it actually an accurate number? Probably not. However, however, on average, if you have a major depressive disorder, right, either bipolar or just depressive, your telomeres by definition are probably shorter than a normal person's. Okay. Okay. All right. If you are on lithium for more than two years, your telomeres are statistically longer than a normal person's, which led people to look at this to say, well, are, is lithium actually increasing telomeres? Mm-hmm. Right. There are some studies that suggest that they do. There are some suggest, studies that suggest that they don't. Okay. But we do know that lithium increases the TERT aspect of telomerase. Okay. And not, does, not only does TERT act in telomerase, it also goes to your mitochondria to improve mitochondrial function. Okay. We've got two wins. We got two wins. We have mm-hmm. one potential win, right? And one yeah. absolute win. Now, if you go backwards and you say, well, if you look at communities that have more lithium in the drinking water, there's all cause morbidity and mortality is lower. Huh. Okay. Especially suicide, homicide, and violent crimes. Interesting. And that's just a little bit of lithium. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we want, yeah, because lithium in large doses is not a good thing. Right. So, so little bits is very helpful. The dose for bipolars and major depressive starts at 300 milligrams and 300 and up is when you start seeing significant side effects. Right. Right. So if you want to get the benefits without the side effect, then the question is, is what's the dose? Mm-hmm. How low do you go? Yeah. The answer is we don't know. However, I decided that if you get medical grade lithium, all right. The slowest you can get is 300. It just is because that's the lowest dose for, for, a, you know, for, for, for what it's approved for. Right? Yeah. So I decided that a quarter of that would be an appropriate dose, not to treat an actual disease, but to be prophylactic in terms of aging. Okay. So you would if basically you happen to be a little happier fantastic um right <laughs> the key however is that in the real studies you had to be on it for longer than two years to see any benefits mm, interesting and presumably if it's in the drinking water it's a long-term very low dose right so i'm thinking medium to low consistent okay so this is kind of like a found this is part of the panacea with not no 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 this is like no but panacea no um, no. But this is like, I've rated like 50 some agents and this one, I haven't even even rated it yet. This oh. is like experimenting. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Dr. Kaufman's um, 
rating system, it's a thing of beauty. It's what is it? Seven, seven digits. It's seven. Each one refers to, you know, like, does it have human studies? Is it, I mean, you should, you could go through, you could probably rattle through it much faster than I can because I'd have to go <laughs> digging and remembering them, but. Yeah, no. So, so the, the, the deal quickly is that instead of the hallmarks of aging, I use the seven tenets because I think it's easier and there are subcategories so that as we discover new things, they fit more neatly into the categories. So one is DNA alterations, which is telomeres, epigenetics, and uh, like, uh, chromosomal arrangement, two is mitochondria, three are pathways, which are your sirtuins, AMP kinase, mTOR, four is quality control, so that's DNA repair mechanisms, proteostasis, and autophagy, five is your immune system and your inflammatory system, six is what I call individual cell needs, recognition of senescent cells versus stem cells versus liver cell versus kidney cell, et cetera, and then seven is waste management, which is mostly glycation and then lipofusion accumulation. Mm. And then I rate them, each one of those on a zero to three basis. So zero means it does absolutely nothing in the category. One means there's evidence in a culture or test tube, something of that nature, something cellular based. Two in in any non-human model, uh, rats, mostly rodents, et cetera, some pigs, cows, horses. And then three, if there's significantly good evidence in humans. So every agent that I rate comes with a seven digit system. Cool. Is there yeah. a is there a such a thing as a three 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 three? There is no perfect one. The best ones are fisetin, um, resveratrol is up there. NAD gets three threes. Um, most of them are scattered. There's some threes and some twos, yeah. which is why it's sort of a cumulative system. Like I, I add all the numbers up, and then you sort of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That makes sense. So then, uh, so lithium would get a couple of of threes, well, not even, would it get a three in telomeres? It's it's hard to say. It's I hard would get to a say, mitochondrial you know, because we, yeah. we've done that. We know that it upregulates turret in people. Hard to say. Like I, I kind of didn't rate it for that very reason. There's too many question marks. Mm, interesting. So in any event, so 300 divided by four, if one, or even maybe lower. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we think about the people getting it in their drinking water, like it's got to be minute. Right. And some Um, people take like two to three milligrams. That's possible. Get that on Amazon. I just I don't know if that would actually do anything. Okay. well, it it might. It it, it very well might. I I don't actually know. Okay. cool. Well, it's always good to know what we don't know and what we're exploring. Okay, so do we even want to touch on exosomes or do we want to say farewell now? Uh, I think we need to cut it because that's okay. going to be a 15 minute discussion and and that's going to be hard. Okay, well that just means we're going to have to talk again because exosomes I think are it's its own whole kind new of world. Universe. It's a whole new universe, right? So the good news is we've covered all kinds of things today. We now all know exactly what heat shock proteins are their chaperones and how we might use lithium and NAD, the ins and outs, CERT one, three, and six. We learned some strange new things that you're diving into. And most exciting, we know now that you have a clinic coming down the pipes in the spring, March. Yes. Hopefully. Yep. That is truly exciting. Not to mention the fact all the, it's going to be like walking into a candy store, right? Because because <laughs> <laughs> there'll be the Kaufman line of supplements and it'll be 
how will anybody know what to buy? That'll be the trick. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I can help people figure that out. I think you can. I think that's kind of what how you roll and what you do. Okay. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time today. You, um, you never fail to deliver <laughs> crazy content. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it because I know you came screaming in from work and now you've got to scream out to something else. Um, I look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks and also to a follow-up episode when you open your clinic. That sounds perfect. Game on. Um, All right. Well, why don't we tell people where they can find you and follow you so that they too find out. They don't have to wait for me to tell them when and where the clinic is. Great. So my website is kaufmanprotocol.com. Most information will be there. Uh, Book links and that sort of thing are there. And explanations of sort of uh, the basic stuff that I talk about is usually there. Um, And then most postings go on the Instagram, which is Kaufman Anti-Aging. So very simple stuff. Okay. And we'll put all those links in the, um, in the show notes. And I will say guys, if you're not aware of Dr. Kaufman's work and you haven't read her books, if you're into this kind of stuff and you just want to dive deep into really cool stuff, you've got to check out the Kaufman protocol. I think that's one and two, right? Mm -hmm. So two different books, so many things to dive into. So thank you so much again. And, um, it's, always it's a pleasure as always as always (laughs) thank you before we wrap up today's episode i'd love to invite you to sign up for my newsletter each week i share my biggest key takeaways from that week's podcast episode giving you insight into how to take action on what you learned in the interview plus i share the biohacks i'm loving that week and why as well as facts and tips about peptides for longevity To join the newsletter, head over to natalienidham.com forward slash newsletter to get access now or find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning into today's episode. I wish you all the best this week in biohacking your superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.